Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to another GDT Tuesday with myself, Cody Coster, and Mr. John Spainhauer from the downtown Chicago office. John, how you doing? Doing very well, Cody. Great to be here. I may or may not have started a a pretty vicious rumor last week that there was going to be a GDT. Um, There was not a GDT uh, last week. I apologize. This is one of those rare occasions during the year when there's a three-week pause between auctions instead of two. So I apologize, but we are back in full force this morning and had another GDT auction which is going to end the day at 1.5% higher on the total index. Which you had mentioned to me before we jumped on the air is the first positive GDT in six auctions or since March 1st of this year, correct? That's right, Cody. I know it seems like a long time ago since we saw a positive uh, result on the auction, but we did indeed. And I would say, uh, you know, probably one of the more important factors here is that we'll dig into it a little bit more. But one of the what seemed to be one of the more important factors towards this is the idea that China is coming out of lockdown. And we are seeing as well growing demand on the on the world market, as well as milk supply not growing in the way we thought it was going to be specifically in the regions of the world where there have been higher prices that should have incentivized more milk production. So digging into it, again, we are 1.5% higher on the index. Just some highlights out here today. Butter comes in at 5.6% higher. And if we were to break that down on a U.S. base, right, and and looking at that butter, 5.6% higher. And that is going to come in at about 275 a pound on butter. As we move over to the skim side of things, up 3% coming in at uh, $1.92. The skim came in, again, that's up 3%. I think futures were looking for more of about 6%. There's a little bit of room there to call that disappointing towards, you know, disappointing towards expectations. Getting over to cheddar comes in 3.6% lower. That still, even with that slight downturn there on the cheddar side, comes in at about 243 on the average. So, you know, putting that all together, what what does that all mean? You say, well, that that's pretty steady, Eddie. There, but really, the one that we want to take a little bit of time to dig into here is whole milk powder. Whole milk powder came in on the official index result as negative 0.3 percent. If you remember three weeks ago on the last auction when we spoke about it, whole milk powder, the very front end contracts had moved higher and some of the back end contracts that were the instant whole milk powder or the UHT, the ultra high temperature whole milk powder contracts, they came in significantly lower. So last week we were looking at the whole milk powder and we were saying, hey, listen, this is actually a positive result. The front end contract to regular whole milk powder that is used, you know, that's probably weighted 95% of the whole milk powder index came in higher. And yet, on the back, we saw some some 20% lowers on this instant stuff. It ultimately made the whole milk powder index come in significantly lower on the last auction, and as well as it made the entire auction come down. And it painted a very bleak picture. You know, I know it made it sound like we were out there saying, hey, listen, I know the price is lower, but it was really higher. Sometimes you just really, it, again, it is inside baseball. 
You really have to dig into the numbers. The the GDT index as it's written is, I guess, statistically correct as it's referred to. And yet perceptionally, I think a little, I don't know if misleading is the right word, but it's not really demonstrating what's really happening in whole milk powder. So if we were to follow that through to today, whole milk powder came in negative 0.3. What we saw on that whole milk powder auction, though, was the back end continued to come down on that instant side of things and front end went up. And so if we were to, and it did the same thing, creating this negative 0.3 or steady. And this is while futures were expecting 10% higher. So it's very easy for people to look at it again and say, at face value, you had a steady whole milk powder result. Futures were looking for 10% higher. That must be, you know, much less than expectations, kind of a bearish result. I understand why people would do that, but as you really dig into it, again, the contract to regular heat whole milk powder was actually up 5%. I repeat, up 5%. It had a very strong result, up 6.2 in the first contract, up 6.9 in the second month, and up 3.6 on the third month. Again, we're really wanting to focus on that contract too. So that was actually up 6.9%. But if we look at the aggregate regular up 5.7%. Again, does it mean that the instant that's on the back end doesn't matter? And the answer is no, of course it doesn't mean that. It, it, it is important. It is part of the overall complex. And if demand for that goes away, sure. Uh, understood that that means that we might have a, a whole milk powder issue, but I don't believe we do. I don't believe that this auction paints the result that you know a lot of people are seeing out there. And that is that whole milk powder was higher. Not to belabor this too much, but Brian Fletcher pulled this up. If we look at the change in the instant percentages from today versus April 19th, which going back, you know, a month and a half ago, the instant is down 40% on contract three and down 40% on contract five. If we were to look at that through that same picture and say, where are we on regular, right? We're actually up 3% versus April 19th. And so I, I guess what I really want to point out here is, is that over the course of the last five to six weeks, we've actually seen regular go up 3%, and we've actually seen that instant come down. It just doesn't paint the picture that I think is important. So I'm sorry to belabor this. We did get a lot of response last time of people saying they appreciated hearing about this. So I wanted to make sure we took a little bit of time today to do that. I think it's important, especially because everybody, you know, a majority of folks asked about it so much last time. So even whole milk powder being lower, 0.3%, you are still bullish on the whole milk powder index because technically it was uh, quote unquote higher, correct? It, it, it was higher. And to say, you know, I guess I would just make sure to look at this and say, I don't think that last week or three weeks ago's result was bearish. And I certainly don't think this week's is bearish as well. I think it's, it's pointing towards the idea that whole milk powder prices are going higher. Again, skim milk powder prices went higher. Butter prices went higher. AMF prices went higher. And that leaves cheddar edging lower. And I'll be happy to talk about it in more detail. But my guess is that the cheddar price moved lower because for New Zealand, there's a lot more competition from regions like the U.S. that are exporting cheddar now that weren't before. At one point in time, New Zealand and the GDT was kind of a, a place that people had to go to for cheddar. And I think people are able to get it out of the U.S. That slighted the demand a little bit out of the cheddar side in New Zealand and brought prices down. And at the same point in time, it's probably responsible for U.S. prices moving higher. 
If I can focus on one last thing as it relates specifically to the GDT, I think it's important that we just take a real small second here and look at something that surprised the heck out of me. And that is, as we were watching the auction today, it really looked like, uh, specifically watching the whole milk powder and skim milk powder as it related to the expectations and the action during the auction, very strong openings. Again, one of the minor details of the GDT is that you're able to see how much demand is there for any specific product. Whole milk powder, for those of you who may or may not be familiar with it, again, it's a little bit detailed, but it was one of the highest initial demand functions that I think I've ever seen for whole milk powder. I went back through my notes and could not find it another time, at least in the last two years. It's a demand factor of four, and I just haven't seen that. I know it's happened before for whole milk powder. I just haven't seen it, so I really want to point that out. That would have led us to believe, hey, the Chinese are here. They're back. They're out of lockdown. This is exactly what we expected. After the auction was over with, we're able to dig into the forensics of who participated. And I was surprised to see that Chinese participation was there. It just wasn't nearly as strong as what we expected to be. And it was one of the lowest participations we've seen since April of 2020. Conversely, then you say, well, geez, how if China wasn't there, what's going on? I would point out to you that Southeast Asia was in there and had one of their highest participation points since October of 21. Just looking at it here, it looks like in the last few years, it's one of the the highest going back, the second highest going back for about three years. So Southeast Asia really showed up in force and we saw China back off. So I still really do believe that the Chinese are going through some lockdown fits and starts and that we'll continue to see them maybe maybe struggle a little bit, but I think they are very much in the background of the marketplace. And I wouldn't doubt it if next uh, auction we don't see them come out in full force, specifically now that they see that prices are going higher. So it's kind of like one in hand and out the other. If China's not quite back to uh, full strength, which it doesn't sound like they are, but they're kind of coming out of their lockdown right now. But Asia really ramped up. The next GDT could be just as good, possibly. You know, psychology is a weird thing. And sometimes if people say, well, if the price is going down and I don't buy, then the price might go lower. Conversely, I need to buy something and the price is going up now. I probably need to get in there and get something done. And I, I guess I just wouldn't doubt it if we don't see that. And one of the reasons why it's not just the psychological element of this and it's really not even the Chinese side of things. As you talk to sellers around the world, specifically in Europe, they're saying, hey, listen, the price kind of backed off a little bit there for the last few months as Chinese prices or the GDT was moving lower, going into spring flush for the northern hemisphere. Prices backed off. Buyers kind of sat on their hands a little bit. Now, We did not get the milk production response that we were looking for from those higher prices, specifically in Europe. We're going out of flush now or, or, you know, going to start exiting flush in the northern hemisphere. Buyers are returned to the fold and they're starting to buy some higher and higher prices. It pushed the European prices higher here on the physical market over the last few weeks. And here we are seeing those same buyers probably show up on the GDT and giving us a little bit of confirmation of what we're hearing on international waters. And today's GDT actually led to some decently higher prices on our side of the pond also, which was, I mean, pretty good to see, depending on what side of the the seat you're sitting on. Yeah, you know, I, I think some people really are having trouble interpreting these GDTs. Right. If you're somebody that's saying, well, I thought maybe this was a little bit less than expectations. It certainly was. You know, like I said, skim was looking for five to six percent. We were only up three. 
Whole milk powder was looking for up, up 10% on the futures. If you're just looking at the uh, headline here, you're down 0.3. It's easy to walk away from this. And, and Cheddar being down 3.6. Hey, I don't need to do anything. It was uh, all kind of uh, over exuberance, if you will. And the futures got ahead of themselves. And, you know, we don't need to do anything. I, I, I just think that's a, you, you can take it that way. But I think it's a little bit misleading here. I think it's important to point out that here in the U.S., something that still stands out to me, the U.S. on a cheddar price, we'll call it 226. Fine. EU's at 274 right now. New Zealand's at 243. Nonfat. We're at a buck 88. We bumped up a little bit. Uh, Europe's at a dollar 94. New Zealand's a buck 92. So that that nonfat price is still going to stay right in, in line with each other. Get over to the butter side. 268 on New Zealand, EU 346, the US at 296. On the butter side, there's an argument to be made. Hey, the New Zealanders are going to have a lot of fat to sell into the US and into Europe. I think that's probably going to be the case at some point in time. I think that's going to be pretty hard to come about right now. And in uniquely in our domestic market, we have some issues here that need to be dealt with on the product production side. But I would also point out something um, to those longtime followers of the dairy industry, something that we, we really picked up on this past week are, uh, as it relates to exports are a few different factors. The first one is longtime dairy followers will remember an organization called CWT or Cooperatives Working Together. They have been an active part of the U.S. marketplace for a long time, and those export subsidies at times have made a little difference. And at other times, they've made a very big difference in the pricing structure here in the U.S. Unbeknownst to us, and call it our fault, but there seemed to be some miscommunication. Maybe a lot of people weren't following it. But the CWT program has been relatively active here in the last few months. And it wasn't until uh, an astute reader here at Everag, Brian Fletcher, noticed in the AMS that they were mentioning CWT. As we got a hold of the organization and got some updated information out of them, it appears as though they've been very active and they've been really actively subsidizing the export of cheese and of whole milk powder and of cream cheese. And and there's butter been in there too. It's just not that much, but they are uh, you know part of the exports and they're really helping a lot of product get out of the country. And you say, well, fine. It's one thing that they can export it and help with the sales, but it doesn't really matter if that product isn't able to move via you know, a boat, which we've talked about on this uh, podcast for how many months now, that it doesn't matter if you sell something if you can't ship it. A comment that has come back now from several different exporting companies and people related to the export trade is the fact two things. First of all, shipping rates on international waters have come down significantly, both on a spot and forward basis. And we've been able to see that through some shipping information that we've seen as well. If anybody's interested, please give me a call. There's actually futures on uh, shipping lanes heading to and from Asia out of the U.S., Never knew it. It's a newer product, but there's actually it's actually traded and they, they track the spot price. Those rates are coming down. But most importantly, capacity has opened up. And people that touch those products are saying, listen, we're able to get that product on a boat. It's able to move. And 
you know, put a little CWT on here and suddenly we're moving a lot of product out the door. I'd say that's probably one of the things that's been responsible for the butter price moving to the price that it has, as well as the skim price being able to, to really close that gap. If you remember not that long ago, there was a 20 cent difference between New Zealand and U.S. skim. Now there is what we say that there's a four cent difference. On the cheddar side, I mentioned earlier, I believe that one of the reasons why New Zealand cheddar is down so much or down 3.6% is because the U.S. got in there, got in their kitchen, was able to get some exports and is able to get it on a boat. And buyers are saying, listen, I, I need a little bit less from New Zealand because I'm getting it out of the U.S. So all in all, I think it's a very supportive picture for the U.S. It's going to be based on exports. And I think our export picture is going to look positive here moving forward. And at the same point in time, since we've last spoken, we've got a milk production report. It shows milk production only down 1%, or excuse me, down 1%, not only down 1%, down 1%. My apologies. And that really flew in the face of expectations. And that demonstrates to us that U.S. milk isn't growing, at least as of that during the month of April. If we go over to Europe, most countries that we look at, the main, you know, the engines of European milk production, they're down 2%. Go over to New Zealand, and they've been down 5% or 6%. So our, our main production regions of the world are you know, still not in the positive territory. Demand is so-so, but most importantly, the U.S. is the cheapest. So as in a tight milk market, people are coming here to the U.S. They're looking for the cheaper product, and now that our transportation is able to, to facilitate that, prices are moving higher. Absolutely. Well, John, for this first June edition of the GDT podcast, is there any one thing that you'd like to leave the listeners with that you learned from this specific GDT? Besides the whole milk powder thing, which we've gone over the past two podcasts, and it seems like everyone is kind of getting wrapped around the mind and, and understanding that facet of it. Uh, I guess my takeaway from it, Cody, would just be, you know, we, we've been moving lower, right? And it hasn't been a drastic move lower on most of these products. You know, we really went up and put that high end, oh gosh, what was it? You know, earlier in the year. Yeah. And since then, we have moved lower, but we've been drifting lower on a lot of this product, right? Yeah. Kind of drifting lower. There's never been uh, a big significant, you know, take us out and it changed the tone of the market. Even with Chinese lockdown, we drifted lower. I guess I look at it to say that was all a period of consolidation at higher prices. And now prices are starting to move lower again. We still haven't taken out a new high, but I just look at this and say, this is our first higher auction and six auctions. So it's just a really positive sign. And I guess I would look at it to say we consolidated at higher prices. And I wouldn't doubt if we don't go make new high prices as we move into the second half of the year. Okay, perfect. Well, I think it's going to do it for another GDT Tuesday for myself and John. I just checked the calendar. We will definitely have another global dairy trade in two weeks. June 21st will be event 310. So I guess we're looking forward to seeing kind of what that has in store for us and uh, and go for there. But as always, John, appreciate your insight. If anyone has any questions, comments, concerns, sounds like folks have been getting a hold of John already. Um, but if anyone has any other things they want to talk about about this podcast, please feel free to call, email us, and we will answer as we can. But until then, everybody have a good couple weeks. We'll see you later.